0: Hey, y'all. Today we have Mo Jones. I heard Mo speak on another podcast and she talked about finding her voice. And it really resonated with me because this is partly what this podcast is about, is finding my own voice. So I contacted her, not really thinking she would agree to be on the podcast, and she did. So I can't wait for y'all to hear her story. It's so amazing, um, her journey that she's been on. So welcome, Mo. Thank you for having me, Hope. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, and you'll have to check out Mo's website. It's called Mo Life Speaks. And Mo, from what I understand, you're a speech language pathologist, and your purpose has sort of become to help women um, get their voice out there. Is that you could, I'm sure, put it better than that, but... <laughs> no, you
1: said it really well. My background is in speech-language pathology, and I've worked with children and adults, primarily children at that time, earlier on for so long, and I've recently gone into working with women because I saw how much becoming a speech-language pathologist changed my life and really mm-hmm. helped me find the power of my own voice that I wanted to be able to do that and share that and empower other women to be able to do the same.
0: Yeah. I love that. It's so important for women to let their voices be heard. And I don't know if you are an introvert, but I sort of grew up, um, you know, being told like, be quiet, you know, you should be seen and not heard. That was one of the favorite things in our household. Um, And when I was really little, I would make videos, you know, when camcorders first came out, and I remember my uncle at Thanksgiving would make a video of us, and I was the ham on the camera. And that sort of went away as I got older, and I was taught, you know, it's not proper to let your voice be heard and to kind of be funny on camera or... to speak out.
1: (laughs) You know, Hope, that's the story for so many women, myself included. I did grow up an introvert, but I always say, was I really an introvert or was it the label or Uh was it a combination of both? And you kind of fall into that role because I certainly have extroverted parts of me as well. But That was the way I grew up. That I should be seen and not heard, and there were certain ways that I had to speak or not speak. And so, not being able to really use my voice to formulate my voice was something I carried with me for so long. And I saw what it did to me. And I look back now and I think, wow, if I only knew what I knew then, what I knew now, Mm -hmm. right? It would be so different. But I, I go into this area and I do this work because we women carry our voice stories.
0: Mm-hmm. We do.
1: We carry our voice stories that line up with our limiting beliefs for so many, um, for so many of us. And I want to change our voice stories.
0: Yeah. I remember in fifth grade, the only way I could speak up and sort of, we had a teacher who was very strict and not very nice. And the only way I could make my voice heard was to speak in a British accent. And I don't know where I got that from, but I would be like, oh, I don't agree with you. And, you know, it was kind of funny, like the kids would laugh, but looking back, that was pro- probably my way of Sort of hiding my voice, but also letting my voice be heard. When do you first remember, um, like, like having a clue that that you were suppressing your own voice?
1: I remember when I was fairly young, particularly in school, right around like 9, 10 years old, wanting to say something in class and not really being able to because I was either afraid of what Mm -hmm. the students would say and I was afraid of how will it come out the right way and you you know thinking okay what is the teacher going to say how I answer and so I remember early on in school just having a hard time in the classroom really being able to raise my hand to say what I wanted to say although deep down inside I was I wanted to say it
0: yeah but it
1: it wouldn't come out for some reason
0: yeah well and it did is that what made you want to become a speech language pathologist
1: Oh no, that's a whole other story as to why I became a <laughs> speech language pathologist. But here's here's what I will say. So this is this is what happened. I think I spent so many of my years hiding and playing small and not really showing up as myself. And my first college experience, I was in college and I got through the first two years. And in my second year, my sophomore year of college. I ran into some financial troubles with paying for school and I was petrified as to, oh my goodness, I had a lot of shame, a lot of disappointment, and I found myself not being able to go ask for help. Wow did not know who to ask, who to talk to. I felt with such shame, who's going to want to help me? How do I say it? I couldn't even talk about it. And, you know, going to college was, you know, that was the deal. You go to college, you graduate. I couldn't even speak to my parents about it. And for some reason, I just found myself so frozen, frozen because I was stuck in the words frozen. I was frozen in shame. And so I continued on the rest of my two years, just attending classes, but not really getting credit for it.
0: Oh, Mo. So wait, you, you were taking classes and sitting through class every day, but you weren't getting credit. Exactly. And it was because you just couldn't speak up or you didn't know how to speak up. Maybe I didn't know how to speak up. I didn't know how to ask for help. And I felt, I guess
1: I felt shame also because I felt that, this should work out easily, this should be, you know, why, you know, why can't I, you know, afford to pay for the classes, and so there was also a lot of shame built in with that, and when you have shame, shame really blocks you from really being your true self, Mm -hmm. and seeing clearly, I really wasn't seeing clearly, and so going through that, coming out of that, it took a few years, but coming out of that, and you know, starting to understand what happened and what I was doing and how I was limiting myself for so much, I started to think, okay, there's got to be a a better way. I cannot continue to live my life like that. And so finally, when I got to the point to go back to do my second act of college, I always say, and really hone into myself, I ended up going back for speech language pathology wow and I was said I said you know I saw how much it not using my voice did to me that my focus was I'm going to go back and help children find their voice so that they never have to deal with this or if they're having trouble speaking I can help them find their voice early on
0: wow that gave me chill bumps oh (laughs) (laughs) well what kind of work did you do How did you do the mindset work and did you read books or what happened between the time you stopped going to class and the time you signed up to go back to college?
1: I did a lot of mindset work, a lot of reading, a lot of um, personal development, reading books that helped me change my mindset and helped me see myself and my voice in a different way. And so it really ended up being a whole, a holistic change for me in a way where I, as the more I changed my mindset, the more I started to gain more confidence in my voice. And of course, as I was doing my coursework, I learned so much about the voice and how powerful it is. And working with stroke v- victims who had lost their voice and working with young children who didn't have voice or words. And then I realized... This is so powerful. So mm-hmm. the combination of the mindset work, reading a lot of books, attending workshops and trainings to just improve myself and my mindset, while the, the combination of learning the power of the voice and what's entailed when you use your voice was really what led me on this new path.
0: Yeah. I'm just imagining how much it meant to just become aware of you not having a voice. So, I mean, you know, a lot of people are in their 60s and 70s before they finally wake up and and do this work. So, you were how old? I was, so by the time I got through those four years,
1: I was in my 20s, I would say, in my 20s, and it it didn't happen overnight, I will say also. It really did take a lot of work, a lot of baby steps, and a lot of trust for myself. I really had to start to learn to trust myself and trust that my voice was there to support me. I, and I started to see how I was holding myself back Mm -hmm. and not take, not taking opportunities because I was afraid of using my voice. And I started to tell myself that I can turn this around. And I started to do a lot of mindset work, a lot of positive affirmations, a lot of reading and learning about other people who worked on finding their voice and doing trainings on how to find my voice. And that's really what started to turn things around for me. And what really did it was becoming a mom. Yes. Having children and having daughters, particularly made me realize that this is important work, not only for me, but for my daughters and the next generation to come. And I wanted them to see that I was doing it and that they could do it too. Because if I didn't, what, what kind of role model was I leave, showing them? What was yes. I teaching them? And I wanted them to know that as girls, that they have power in their own voice and that they should be using their voice as well.
0: Oh, that's so powerful. Did you feel like a pull towards this using your voice kind of thing? Like, you know, when you weren't a speech pathologist, did you feel like, what is going on? Like, why do I feel this urge to use my voice? What is this about? All the time, all the time. I I wanted to use my voice.
1: I felt like I had so much to say, but it was also, I had to become comfortable with who I was because I think I realize I look back now and being a real empath and being a deep feeling person, I didn't always trust that. And I thought in order to use my voice that I had to be loud and I had to be boisterous Mm -hmm. and I had to always be in, you know, in people's faces. And I would see the way other women or people would use their voice and think, well, maybe that's what I have to do to use my voice. When in reality, it was there all along, Mm -hmm. I just had to trust within and trust to be myself and use my voice that I already had in the best way to serve me and not think that I had to be or speak like my sisters or other people that I would see or other friends and think that I had to emulate someone else. I just had to trust myself.
0: That's the hardest part is, you know, we have it inside of us the whole time. And then just hearing that whisper. And I I heard you on a, on your podcast talking about you hear the whisper. And if you don't listen, the whisper gets louder and louder. And then I think you said it becomes a roar. (laughs) Yes, it does. (laughs) It does. It became a roar to the point
1: where I got to the point where I was like, enough is enough. I have to do this. I can no longer play small. I can no longer hide. I cannot do this. And so it really just, I kept working at it day in, day out. I started to put myself into uncomfortable situations. I started to want to do more public speaking. I started to do more presentations and trainings and workshops. And each time I worked on using my voice, it got a little easier.
0: Yeah, it
1: got uh, I gained more confidence. And I started to Trust myself and say, I can do this and I deserve to do this and I need to do this.
0: Yes. It's a courage muscle. I mean, you really have to build it and you're not going to feel brave the first hundred times you do it. No, you're not.
1: You are not. It's going to take building that courage muscle, like you said, doing it a little bit each day, each time. And the more you do it, the more you start to build that confidence and the more you realize, okay, I can do this and I need to do this. And so as I started doing it more and connecting more with women who would say to me, they would either not take a job because it requires them to speak yeah right like women were telling me they were turning jobs down oh I have to do way too much speaking Mm -hmm. I'm not taking that job and I'm I started to think wow look at what we do to ourselves we back away from an opportunity that could really grow us and give us more opportunities but yet we stay comfortable Mm -hmm. and there's until you get comfortable with being uncomfortable, there's no change. Yes. And, and I used to be like that too. I used to think it was easier to be comfortable, but I realized, you know, the more you put yourself out there, the more women decide to take those opportunities, to step out of their comfort zone. That's where the magic happens.
0: It is. Yes. And did your family members and people who knew you really well, did they support you from the beginning or was it hard for them to see this new version of Mo? (laughs) I think at first it's a little bit
1: surprising to see this new version of Mo and to see me saying certain things and expressing myself a certain way and you know and people particularly in your family right it's so easy in your family to have been labeled a certain way uh-huh. and people your family always sees you in a certain way that i think is sometimes different from what you they your professional world might see you yeah and so that can sometimes be different for and harder for family to see and they'll hear from you or they'll see you see something say something in a certain way and they're like oh okay that sounds like a little different than what we're used to (laughs) but but I have to say my husband has always been a big supporter of that always I mean he actually saw the light in me before I saw the light in myself oh that's great so I, that And so having that support really, really helped me and helped me to, to take that step and take that courage. And my friends, my friends were always, I have two really close friends of mine who have always said, you need to do this, you can do this, we support you, you, you should be using your voice. And they always believed in me and supported me in doing that. So that always helped me carry on.
0: Yeah, you've got to surround yourself with people who are your cheerleaders, your supporters. Yeah, so I'm, I love how your husband saw the light in you before you even did. He really did. He really did to the point
1: where, and um, I guess I can say that I'll share this. <laughs> he used to have a nickname for me called Quiet Storm. Oh, because he said, you know, people may see you as quiet or you may think that you're quiet, but there's really something stronger and bigger inside of you. And when you tap into that, you'll see how amazing and how great you can really be. Oh, that's beautiful. So he saw it in me before I could see it in myself. And it's beautiful that you, you know, to have someone see that in you. And I think that helped me also realize that, okay, I. I can do this and I need to do this.
0: Yeah. So you became a speech language pathologist and you were working with kids and stroke victims. And then at what point in, in that career, did you start to feel like, okay, maybe there's something more, maybe I need to do something a little bit different.
1: So being a speech pathologist, I was one for about 15 years and I still do a little bit of that on the side. Um, And What happened was I got so many opportunities to do things out of my comfort zone. I started doing trainings and workshops for parents. I started to do trainings and presentations for other colleagues, and I would be asked to do presentations in different settings, and Hmm. so that started to build my confidence even more. Yeah, yeah and i realized okay it's time for me some something just said i know i what i've learned and continue to learn i can share that with other women and so about i really want to say really about a year ago full you know i really started dedicating myself to this work and i really said okay let's i started working with women and i started connecting with more women and women started reaching out to me as they heard my story or heard the work that I was doing. And I've been connecting with women and I love, love, love being able to connect with a woman who has this fear or has for so long kept silent and being able to see that breakthrough, being able Mm -hmm. to connect. It's, it really, it's the most beautiful thing that I can see happen.
0: I can tell that's what lights you up.
1: It really does. It really does because there's so much power in that. And, I, and opening up, using your voice does so much for you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: While, yes, you really start to use your voice, but it, you start to transform in a way where you finally start to see who you are. Yes. Right. And that's what this life is all about. Really living to our potential Mm -hmm. and living the life that we're designed to live. And so when you use your voice, you open up the floodgates of possibilities. Yes. You become more confident. You're open to opportunities. You are able to see your light in a whole different way, and then share that light with others. And so it's, I say that you're finding your voice, but you're also finding yourself.
0: Yeah, it it gave me the image of opening up a beautiful, like treasure box that's been closed for so long. And inside is this light and this radiance. And that's what it sounds like you're describing when women finally open up and use their voice and just, just open themselves up. You
1: hit it on the nose. (laughs) I I love that. I love that analogy. You said it is, it's like a treasure box and you open it up and this beautiful light emerges and women are like, wow, I didn't realize I had it in me. Or they say, Oh my goodness, I feel so much more confident. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, now I'm speaking up and I'm showing up. And it's really the transformation is unbelievable. And particularly, I also work with women who want to start. Going live on social media?
0: Nah, that? that's me. I can't do it. <laughs> I can't.
1: I can, but oh, I won't. <laughs> you can. You can. You can. You gotta believe that you can. And when I see that transformation, and I see women that I've worked with, and all suddenly they are hitting that record button ah! and using their voice to connect with their audience. It is amazing the transformation that happens. It is amazing. And you can do it. That's funny. My
0: heart rate just jumped up about 15 points.
1: <laughs> wow. Wow. See, that's, see, so I say when your heart rate, when you feel that heart rate, when you feel your blood pumping through you, when yeah. you feel the nerves, that's your power.
0: That's what you should do. You should run towards that, not away from it. Run to
1: it. That's (laughs) your power. That's your opportunity to take on your cape, put that cape on and say, all right, let's do this. Yeah. You know, that's your power. Embrace that that fear. I think rather than pushing it away, it's showing up for a reason. It's okay for it to be there, but let's use it as your fuel. Okay. You've gotten me pumping. My blood is flowing through my body. Okay. The nerves are there, but I'm going to do this. My cape is on. I'm throwing on my cape and I'm going to do it. That's hilarious. I was going
0: to say, how do you encourage women? And here you are. You're doing a little mini session for me. (laughs) It's
1: all about that's... the cape and feeling it and embracing it. When we push it away or try to run from it, it, it causes more fear.
0: Yeah, we hold but, it inside, don't you think? Exactly. Somewhere we in our hold body.
1: It. Hold it. And you know where it usually goes? Where? The throat trauma. Yes, that's
0: where that's I feel where it.
1: <laughs> that's where it goes. Because this is this instrument is an amazing and beautiful instrument, but the hardest for us to play.
0: Oh, that's so, oh, it's so true. And That's, where, we, that's where I feel it in my throat. Yes, and, um, yes. you know, even in therapy, she'll say, where do you feel that emotion? And it's always like, you know, grab your throat. I wonder if, do men do this as much as women do, or do you feel like?
1: There are some men that have a fear of speaking for sure, but I think the numbers for women yeah. are higher. I mean, in general, the greatest, the number one fear that people have is public speaking. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that is the number one fear, even more so than death, or it's probably right up higher, up high there with death. But wow. people will run from public speaking. They will run from having to say something in public or give a speech because they, you know, they're being, they feel they're being exposed and they're being vulnerable and mm-hmm. people are listening to them talk. But if you look at it as, I have an opportunity to share something with this audience. I have an opportunity to engage with this audience. And I have an opportunity to teach them something that's going to empower them or help them. If you switch that thought Mm -hmm. and that mindset, you can come to it with a different frame, with a different mindset altogether. And think of it as the benefits you have these words, and something you want to say. You have an audience that wants to hear you and is ready to listen to you. So share that with them and connect with them and look at it as these beautiful gifts you've been given and a beautiful moment to connect with your audience.
0: Oh yeah, that's so true. And, you know, I think whatever our message is, it was planted inside of us for a reason. And I think it is meant to be shared. And, you know, about probably five years ago, I started feeling um, this pull to share my words by writing and so I wrote the I started writing a blog and after a while I felt like I was sort of hiding behind mm-hmm. it because you know nobody's seeing me I can edit as much as I want and so then the podcast sort of came into being but even now I do sort of feel like it's hiding because nobody sees the video it's just I can always you know change edit out my voice and tweak it and put it back in so it is funny how we hide and play small instead of showing up
1: yeah I would agree with you but kudos to you you you've taken the steps towards that and writing is a form of expression Uh of expressing your voice and using the podcast is a form of expressing your voice so you've gone from putting your voice on a blog and then now you're on a podcast. So people are now hearing your voice. So that's great. And then now the next step could be for you to go live on social media. You'll get there, you know, and and it is a process. I, you know, I really want to be honest with people and say, and let women know it is a process. It doesn't necessarily happen overnight and that's okay. I want women to know that, you can learn this skill. And if you work at it and continue to work at it, you'll learn the skills and the tools that you need to, and it gets easier and it will just open you up in such a way that you'll look back and you'll say, well, who was that person? I mean, I look back now and I say, who was that? Who was that? I'm like, I think back 22, 23, 24, 20, even at 25, 26. I think, who was she? Like, who was that? You know, I think of myself in different work situations or different social situations. And, and I can look back and say, wow, I, I have done the work. Mm -hmm. And I have come this far. And I, I, I'm, Embrace the journey because it didn't happen overnight. Yeah. I embraced the journey because it was a process that I was willing to learn and work on to get to where I am now. Yeah. And I continue to, and I continue to evolve.
0: Yeah. You help women though. Like that's part of what you do is you help women find their voice and also go live, right? Yes. Yes. Go live, go
1: live because many women are petrified of going live. And many women tell me, they say, I want to do it, but I can't even get myself to record the button. And really what I tell women is when you go live, it really does give you an opportunity to connect with your audience and you are putting yourself out there. But if you look at it as a way that you have something to offer, you have these beautiful gifts, this wonderful talent that you have to offer, Share, you, it's important to share it with the world. It's important to share it with your audience because the world needs to hear from you. Yeah. And if you refuse, you, you know, if you hide from going live, you don't know what you will discover, what can evolve from that. One thing I will tell you: your engagement will engrow, will grow. Your audience will grow. You'll connect with other women, and then you become a model for other women, seeing what's possible and what you can achieve. Mm-hmm.
0: What do you think holds women back the most? Is it they're self-conscious about their voice or self-conscious about the way they look? Like, what is it that? I think it's a combination of things. I think it's a lot of
1: women say, oh, I don't like the way my voice sounds. So that's one thing that holds them back. And a lot of women say, oh, I don't, the fact that people are actually looking at me and they're going to be judging what I say or how I say it, Mm -hmm. or how are my words going to come out? I feel like I won't be able to say it Mm -hmm. easily and that I'll stumble on my words. Those are the three most common ones that I hear. And what I say to that is first and foremost, to focus on using your most natural and authentic voice. Mm
0: -hmm. Pretend like you're talking to a friend.
1: Exactly. Think of having a friend on the other side of that screen. You're talking to one friend on that other side of the screen and she's just listening to you and you're having a conversation. That's first and foremost. And second, think about just your own voice, not to show up and think that you have to be someone else. You know, I I often think of Kathleen Turner. I don't know if you know that actress, Mm -hmm. Kathleen Turner. She has that very raspy and Mm -hmm. breathy voice. And Kathleen Turner never tried to sound like someone else. That's true. Right? She never tried to um, change her voice. As breathy as she sounded, as much as other people might have told her, oh my goodness, your voice is really breathy or hoarse. She learned to make it work for her. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I tell women. Make your voice work for you. You go naturally and that will be your voice and you will get to be comfortable with your voice.
0: And that's and a that, metaphor for life too. Just show up, be yourself. Just show up,
1: just show up as, be yourself. You are, as you are and show up literally as yourself. Don't feel that you have to get all fancified. If that's, if you happen, if you don't like fancy, if you don't like, you know, a whole lot of makeup or you just want to be uncomfortable comfortable clothes, show up that way. That's mm-hmm. who you are. You know, if you like fancy and you like, you know, makeup and your hair done and fancy clothes go right ahead and do that too. You know, if you like your, you know, your cowboy hat and your cowboy boots and that's who you are, show up like that. But the important thing is show up as yourself, just as you are, right? And that's the key because I think, you know, women particularly with the societal messages that we often get that, We have to show up in one certain way and be one certain way. And there is no one of us. There are so many of us and we come in so many different ways and different facets that
0: we should show up that way. Yeah. You know,
1: how boring would the world be if we all showed up the same way?
0: That's true. Or if you waited until you were 10 pounds smaller, or you waited until you got your teeth straight with braces or... Exactly.
1: Exactly. Show up just as you are. So that's
0: what I always,
1: uh, share with women. That's what I always stress.
0: Yeah. That's a beautiful message. How did you, um, pivot into just helping women? Like, did you, did it take a few years or did you just sort of wake up one day and say, this is what I want to do. I'm going to start a business. (laughs) (laughs) ha <laughs>
1: ha if it were that simple <laughs>
0: it, it i did it little by little to be
1: honest with you it was little by little step by step working a little bit on the side having a client or two here and there to get me started and building it t- little by talking to other women about it so it was it was a step by step progress and also doing workshops on and taking coaching programs to teach me how to build a business so that I could learn the tools to best serve women and best serve women in this work.
0: Yeah, like you did your own continuing education to move Ah, towards this.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. I had to literally learn how to build a business from the ground up and you learn by doing, you learn by taking action, right? You have mm-hmm. to take action. And some, I remember when I first started doing this, I was, and I first started toying with the idea, which was a few years ago. Oh my God. I want to say about five to six, uh, maybe not five, maybe four, maybe four years ago, five, four, five, four to five years. I can't remember exactly, but I remember telling myself, I'm going, I started to tell myself, I'm going to do this five minute rule. Five Mm -hmm. minutes a day, five minutes a day I'm going to take to figure out how to build my business, how to get my message out there, how to connect with women, because this was the work I wanted to do. And I started with five minutes a day. I would accomplish a lot in those five minutes at the end of the week. You know, and then I grew more, doing more from there, maybe doing more on the weekends, doing more in the evenings. I'm a morning person, so I would get up early in the morning while my kids were sleeping and devote my time to my morning ritual. And I would get up, I'd do start at five, I'd do a little meditation, mm-hmm. a little prayer, I'd do, my, I'd do a little workout, and then I'd devote time to my business, like 30 minutes to an hour and figuring out what I'm going to do, how am I going to get this done? So it, it, it's definitely a process and finding the time to commit as much as possible and give what you can. And there were some weeks I gave more than others because that was what was going on. Or sometimes family takes over or your kids need you and that kind of, those kinds of things. But I made sure to commit myself to it a little bit each day because I knew that there was a goal that I was working towards.
0: I love that. So what I hear you saying is you had this vision and you committed to be, to do this every day, to have this discipline. And you started out just giving yourself a tiny little baby step, five minutes a day. I can do that five minutes a day. You didn't say, I need to build this empire. I need to start a podcast. I need to start a blog. I need to you know, schedule workshops and all this stuff. You just did five minutes a day and the discipline paid off. Just like if you're training for a marathon and you do, you know, a mile to begin with, it slowly pays off.
1: Absolutely. It really does pay off and you start to see the involvement of it all. It really does pay off. And by staying focused that way, it helps. And I started to feel in the flow also because mm-hmm. i had had a few starts and stops prior but i realized i wasn't quite in the flow and i hadn't quite found the flow i needed but the more i worked at it my flow started to show up for me and it showed up more and it started started to show up some more and i just kept at it and it brought me here to where i am now and i'm serving women in such a beautiful way i love serving women i love connecting with women And it's really, it's really been life-changing for me and I hope uh, life-changing for the women I serve as well.
0: Yeah. Was your, did you have a goal to be able to transition from your regular job into this business of helping women?
1: Yes, I definitely do. And so I still do a little bit of my day job, as I say, Mm -hmm. but I'm getting closer to making this. All Mo Life speaks. My only focus. That's so
0: exciting. That's
1: what I want, and I'm getting closer each time. And definitely 2021—that's the year I will fully be dedicating to Mo Life speaks.
0: Yay! And your daughters get to see this. They do they feel like they're kind of part of the business? They
1: do. You know, that's what has been most. amazing for me. My girls have watched me grow this Uh and they've seen me be on this journey and they have become they have become my biggest cheerleaders and they inspire me and so and I've and I've shared with them you know I've let them know what this involves and I talk to them about it I tell them about the ups and the downs so that they know about their journey as well and they get so excited for me they cheer me on and they love that I'm doing this so it's been really nice to have them be part of the journey and so much so that my little one has decided to start a a sticker business. So, you know, it's nice to see, it's nice to see, to see that. And it's nice to see that they're part of the process as well.
0: Yeah. They're letting their lights shine from such a young age. That's beautiful. Absolutely. It's really nice to see. So I know it's January. So you've probably set some goals for yourself. Um, What do you see? You said 2021, this is going to be your year. What's on the horizon for you? Well, I'm going to continue to grow Mo Life and continue to
1: work with women and probably put a couple of programs out, so I'm excited for that, and I really want to be able to, I'm going to be starting a new podcast in a new direction so i'm excited for that as well so that will be probably coming out maybe february march i'm working on building some things now so that's exciting and i really just want to be able to do some motivational speaking Yeah, I really want to be able to have that platform to share my story with other women and inspire other women and let them know what's really possible. So that's what I'm putting out there for
0: 2021. I have no doubt you will do that. Thank you. And if y'all are listening and you have a speaking opportunity for Mo, please reach out. I'll have our contact information on our show notes page. Awesome. Thank you so much, Hope. Yeah, I do have one other question. So if you could go back and talk to yourself like five years ago or even back when you were in college and not getting credit for your Mm -hmm. classes because you were afraid to speak up, what would you tell your younger self?
1: Oh, my goodness. (laughs) I would would tell her so much. But here's what I would tell her. I would tell her you are enough just as you are to trust yourself and to trust your voice and that you have so much to offer the world. Mm -hmm. That's what I would tell her. And I would give her a big hug. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I would really give her a big hug because I think that would have really set her free.
0: Yeah. And this message, I hope everybody listening hears it in, in your own heart. You are enough.
1: Absolutely. You are enough. You are enough.
0: Yeah. So where can everybody find you, Mo? Oh,
1: yes. So I'm on Instagram and my handle is Speaks. So you can check me out on Instagram. I'm also on Facebook at Molife Speaks, and you can find me there. And my website, my website is molifespeaks.com. I'd love to hear from, from you. If you have any questions, if you want to know more about my work, or you want some tips, you want to connect, feel free to send me a
0: DM or an email. I would love to hear from, from you all. And you can also sign up for one of your Courses, right? And are those available yet? Absolutely. I
1: have, if you go to my website on my services page, I have some services there that I'm offering. And I actually just launched a membership. It's called Socially Speaking, and it's an opportunity to connect with other women who are looking to find their voice and use their voice and be part of an amazing network. Also, you'll get to be part of some workshops, monthly workshops that I'll be holding and monthly Q&As. So come join the movement and be part of Socially Speaking and let's get women using their voices and being supported.
0: Awesome. Thank you for the work you're doing. And thanks for taking time out of your weekend to talk to us.
1: Oh, of course. This was so great. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you.
0: Here are your take home points from Mo Jones. Number one, women are often given the message we should be seen and not heard. We all have voice stories that line up with our limiting beliefs. Number two, we also hide, play small, and don't show up as ourselves. This shows up as shame. We freeze and fear and shame. Shame will block you from being your true self and seeing clearly. Number three, change does not happen overnight. You have to do the work, work on your mindset, and learn to trust yourself. Number four, we hold ourselves back. We avoid opportunities because of fear. Finding your voice can help. Number five, you have to become comfortable with who you are. You don't have to be loud and boisterous if that's not you. You don't have to emulate other people. Just pretend you're talking to a friend. Use your natural voice. The world would be boring if we were all the same. Number six, sometimes you hear that inner whisper. It becomes louder and louder till it becomes a roar if you ignore it. Number seven, put yourself in uncomfortable situations. It will grow that courage muscle. Number eight, we back away from opportunities in order to stay comfortable. Be comfortable with being uncomfortable. That's where the magic happens, when you're uncomfortable. Number nine, sometimes others will see the light in us before we see it in ourselves, like Mo's husband and her friends. Number 10, opening up and using your voice will transform you into your true potential. You open the floodgates of possibility when you use your voice. You'll see new options and transformation will happen. Number 11, pay attention to when your heart rate increases and when your blood pumps harder. Run towards that, not away. Put on your cape and say, let's do this. The fear is showing up for a reason. Use it to fuel you. Embrace it, because if you run from it, then you'll get more of it. Number 12, using your voice makes you feel exposed and vulnerable, but but look at it as a chance to connect with others. You have these words in you for a reason. Look at it as a beautiful gift to connect with others. Number 14, take five minutes a day to move towards your goal. This is doable, and it'll result in big results if you stick with it. Give what you can, when you can. And lastly, you are enough. Trust yourself. Trust your voice. Thank you for choosing to listen to this podcast, Recharting Your Life with Hope. Everything I discuss in this show reflects my own views and opinions and not those of my employer. Although I'm a physician assistant in my real life, any advice or tips you hear on this show should not be used as medical advice. If you like what you hear, come on over to hopethepa.com or follow me on Instagram at hopethepa.